Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Well, today we have a special treat. My friend Nathan McDade, he is going to be giving today's message on unexpected what? And he's going to be focusing on a couple words that mean so much to us in this season. Enjoy this message and I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, hello, Experienced Christian Church. Welcome, everybody, from when or wherever you're joining in. It's good to be connected uh, in this way again today as we continue in this Christmas series called Unexpected Christmas. I was thinking about an unexpected Christmas experience that I had one time. It was soon after we had moved to Mexico, and we were walking down the street, and it was getting to be that time of year where people were putting out Christmas decorations and especially nativity scenes. And I looked over and I saw uh, the first one I had seen that year and it was all the usual characters, you know, the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and uh, wise men and angel and the animals and yet no baby Jesus. The manger was there, it was empty. And I was like disturbed. I was like, where's baby Jesus? And I really thought uh, that someone had stolen it. And I just was disgusted. I was like, you know, stealing anything is bad enough, but to steal baby Jesus, I mean, that's just the lowest of the low, right? Who would do that? And I was, you know, pretty upset and, uh, you know, for a second. And then uh, before, thankfully, before I was able to report this crime, right, I saw, I started seeing some others around and baby Jesus was missing from all of them. And so I had two options at this point. Either there's a crime spree going on and we got the baby Jesus bandit uh, running around our town, or maybe something else is going on. Thankfully, I asked a local friend and they said, yeah, you know, in our tradition, and uh, they taught me that in, in much of the Roman Catholic tradition, that's just what you do. You leave, you hold back baby Jesus and he comes on Christmas day, uh, which makes a lot of sense, right? I just didn't know my expectation was shaped by my own experience. I grew up in a church and in a home and all the other homes and all the other churches that I ever went in, uh, you just put them all out right at the beginning and baby Jesus was there. So uh, neither was right or wrong, but my experience was shaped by my expectation of it. And uh, this is really true in all of life, right? So much of life is about um, how our expectations shape our experiences. Uh, everything from small things like whether or not we enjoy a movie all the way up to like really huge things like the most important deepest relationships in our lives and and how we uh, navigate those so we can um, we can be disappointed or we can be pleasantly surprised we can get really stuck or we can really have some breakthroughs based on how we are able to recognize and then to name and acknowledge and to analyze and kind of process and work through and sometimes let go of, sometimes reframe or replace our expectations in different parts of our lives. Um, So, what about Christmas? 
right? Let's look at Christmas through that lens. What are your, think about this, what are your expectations of Christmas? What are your expectations of every Christmas? And uh, I would encourage you, maybe next year when you see those first uh, Christmas decorations and items coming out in the stores, which is, you know, September sometimes at this point, uh, begin to think about, okay, what do I expect out of Christmas? And, and even this year, especially, we're just a couple weeks away. What is it that you are assuming will or won't be a part of your experience? Uh, it really pains me that Christmas time has become such a source of so much stress and anxiety and depression for so many of us. Or maybe you are uh, one of the people that says, no, that's not really me. I, I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm stoked for Christmas. I'm ready. For all of us, either way, wherever you're at on that continuum, I wonder if we could ask ourselves, what would it be like this year if we were op to open ourselves to God doing something unexpected? Which is why we're doing this series and talking about Christmas in this way. The last couple of weeks, we've been working through uh, Luke chapter 2, and we've talked about some of kind of the when and the where of the original Christmas story. And there's already been lots of unexpected things in the first five verses of that chapter. Today, we're going to look at the next couple of verses, Luke uh, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, and talk about kind of what is really going on in the story. What's the deal with Christmas? What is it really all about? So let's see if it's what we expected, or maybe there's some unexpected aspects, or maybe some of both. Luke writes this, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, Mary. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And I asked you to think about your own expectations of Christmas. What about Mary and Joseph? I wonder what, what their expectations were. You know, try to put yourself in their shoes and, and really think, think uh, like they would have been thinking in this story. I think in some ways they knew exactly what to expect. They were, after all, expecting a child. We use that very language, right? It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Now, there had been some major surprises earlier in the story, but this, at this point, was not a total surprise. She was great with child, right? Or we would say she's about to pop. And I suppose that they're smart people. I suppose that they had Googled it, you know, and read what to expect when you're expecting and been prepared in some ways. One of the things I learned from uh, our friends, the doctors, Magnus, was that they would have had salt. They would have had some salt with them because one of the first things you would do at that time was rub the newborn down with salt to help clean and disinfect. Um, they also, it says they had, they wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And I always in the past pictured like these rags, you know, that they borrowed or found laying around. But this year I was thinking, no, they probably had those ready. They probably had some nice swaddling cloths ready to swaddle the baby. When we had our first child, I remember we had these little modern versions of swaddling cloths, right? And we would we were told to swaddle the baby, keep them nice and tight, and uh, wrap them up so they feel good. And I remember practicing that and, and doing it enough to make sure I, I knew I can do this well. But it was also a lot of work. And at some point, I was like, to get that perfect little tuck that they couldn't wiggle out of, I, I was standing there and I did it one time and I noticed there was some athletic tape laying next to, sitting nearby and I, I got a piece of that, popped it on there and I thought, no more working to get that perfect swallow, that perfect tuck. From then on with, with her and then with our other daughter, I just kept some athletic tape nearby uh, and I would swaddle them good enough, put a piece of tape on there and go on about my day. That is free of charge right there. That's a parenting pro tip uh, for all of you uh, who have or will have babies you need to swaddle. So I think uh, in some ways they were prepared, but in other ways 
there's some really unexpected things going on. Many aspects of Mary and Joseph's experience seem pretty unexpected. And when we look at the Christmas story and we get past the kind of the surface level, the pretty little Hallmark version, uh, I think we get a sense, uh, you will definitely get a sense of the great darkness and danger in the story. There's some pretty uh, scary stuff. Matt has already mentioned in previous weeks things like the Herod's, King Herod's slaughter of the innocents, um, where all these babies were killed. Um, then how Mary and Joseph had to basically flee as refugees to Egypt of all places to survive and to escape the danger. Some aspects of this situation would have been very frightening and challenging for this young couple having their first child, even just in the two verses we're looking at today. Look at this. No room for them at the end, right? We think of inn as kind of a, not a great translation. We think of like the Motel 6. Um, but what, this, what they would have been looking for in that day, in that culture, was a guest room with some distance, distant relatives or friends of friends. And uh, everything in the whole town was booked. There was no place for them. And uh, think, about, think about that. They're about to have a baby. That is beyond just inconvenient. It's terrifying. It's dangerous for the life of, the, of mother and child. And then it says they, they laid them in a manger because someone eventually found them a space uh, among the animals in a, in a type of barn that maybe would have been attached to the main house or maybe was in some sort of a cave. Not the ideal situation uh, in which to give birth, but you work with what you've got. So there's a lot going on here, and some of it is, it really is beautiful and miraculous. And some of it is quite gritty and scary and some of it's expected and some of it is unexpected. And there's very real consequences, both human and uh, we believe cosmic and eternal and they're hanging in the balance. And so the bottom line again is we wanna ask ourselves today, what is the deal? This story that captures and recaptures the attention of the world uh, every year, what is it really about? What is the essence of the Christmas story? And I would say, here's, here's one of two kind of word, word of the day I'm gonna give you. Um, the, the short answer is incarnation. The incarnation. It's one of the central foundational miracles of the Christian faith. Uh, it's this astounding idea that God, the author of the whole big story of our world, would somehow write himself into the story and come among us and, and then not just choose to be a God who was far away, who, who kind of looked down and said, hey, love you guys, I'll, good luck down there, right? I'll send you a Christmas card. But instead, a God who would put on flesh, carne, and come and be with us and be one of us. And it's truly a mystery and a miracle worthy of all the songs that are sung and worthy of all the hard questions we can ask about it and should. But what does it mean to us? So to answer that today, uh, we're gonna look, we're gonna sort of depart a little bit from the traditional Christmas narratives in Matthew and Luke. And we're going to lean into some of the words of John, uh, who wrote one of the other, those other four Gospels, and who, who didn't give us a narrative about the birth of Jesus, but who kind of comes at it from another angle and really does have a lot to say about the incarnation. And the first is this. Uh, the first thing I would say to you today is this. The incarnation means that God really, truly desires to be with us. The Christian story, not just the Christmas story, but the whole thing has this central theme of the creator God who made us for relationship. Because that's just who God is. We believe God is the Trinity, three in one, and it's all about relationship. In John chapter one, he writes this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, some of you, you've heard that, you, you, you're thinking, yeah, I get it. You know, we, we know this. Emmanuel means God with us, and that's what Christmas is about. But I, I hope you can kind of hear that with fresh ears today because, and, and maybe some of you have never thought about that before, that God wants to be with you, wants to be close to you and with you at all times. And I guarantee you some of the people you know and love, whether you understand that or not, they have never thought about that in that way. When uh, so many of our friends and loved ones, if they think about God at all, they think of a God who is distant, angry, um, who is cold, who doesn't want anything to do with them. Uh, at least not, you know, in the way that they think that they've been living in. And what we know is that that's not true. So like John wrote in one of his other letters, 1 John 4, 8, God is love. If you want to sum all, all of who God is up in one word, he said love. And God loves uh, to be with us. Love desires presence. And God is seeking to be with those he loves. And that's us. And that's amazing news. The second thing I'll say about the incarnation is that God will always continue to come to be with us. Uh, it's not When I say it's all about relationship, I mean everything. And we're talking not just about the past, not just about the present, but also about the future. The incarnation not only reminds us what happened on that silent night all those years ago, it not only reminds us of what is still true for us today as we celebrate Jesus coming and being born to us again and again, it also tells us something about where it is all heading, the whole thing. Incarnation is a, is a taste of and a signpost pointing toward the great hope that we all have in our Savior. Right, uh, right at the very end of the Bible, just near the end, in Revelation chapter 21, we read some more words from John, who had this amazing vision that describes uh, this beautiful future that awaits us when the incarnation reaches its full and final reality. He says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Sea, the sea represents chaos and disorder. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, order, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now, you got to catch this. Whatever else heaven is, John is saying, the essence of it, the most important aspect is God being with us and us being with God all the way. No more barriers forever. And I think this, too, is such unexpected good news for, for people, for us and for so many in our lives. And Christmas gives us this golden opportunity to share it. It's a reminder that no matter what your story is with God, that the incarnation means a message of hope for all of us. Because God has not only come to us that first Christmas in that, in that historical event, he, he not only continues to come among us in, in so many different ways, but he promises to never stop, to never stop coming for us. 
until he has made all things new and drawn all people to himself. And again, when and where and how God chooses to do this, uh, that's unexpected. That's up to God. But early or late, expected or unexpected, blessed is the person who responds to this relentless love of God, who turns toward God, who welcomes God in, who worships the newborn king, and who follows Jesus as Lord. And then the third thing I'll say about the incarnation today is it means that you and I have significant roles to play in this story. Not unlike all the other characters that we know so well, that's true of us. Uh, one more verse from the Gospel of John, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 21. This is now Jesus all grown up. He's lived, he has taught, he has gone to the cross, he died, and then he's now risen from the dead. And this is some of his final words to his followers as he sent them out to live and love on his behalf. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so, in the same way, I am sending you. As you read and think about the biblical Christmas stories this year, I want you to notice, and here's the second word of the day, I want you to notice how much of it comes down to the concept of hospitality. Hospitality. Uh, you know, yes, there are angels and miracles, but so much of the story happens through small human choices to just show care for other people, for one another, even strangers, especially strangers. I challenge you to think about that and to talk to one another about that and to then figure out, just figure out ways that we can continue to do these same types of things and then do them. You know, it actually is that simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. The incarnation in our lives today looks like it did back then. It looks like things like welcoming the mysterious and strange and wonderful ways of God into your life like Mary did, even when you don't really fully understand. It looks like uh, taking, just figuring out how to do the next right thing and take the, take the next step like Joseph did, even though you don't see the whole plan. It looks like those unnamed, unknown hosts who offered hospitality to this young couple, uh, who, who were the owners of this feeding trough that temporarily got to become a cradle for God in the flesh. It looks like paying attention and spreading the good news like the shepherds. It looks like going on a challenging spiritual journey and giving good gifts like the wise men and so on and so forth. And so I just wanna say as you notice and let yourself feel and experience this story, including some of the darkness of it, Allow God to show you places where you can reflect the beautiful light of Christ and of Christmas into some dark places in your circumstances. As you wait and long for the day when God will fully be with us and will wipe every tear away from our eyes, be, be about those same types of things in your life. Uh, join in that work of wiping away tears and bringing help and healing and wholeness and better yet, cry with someone because uh, that is... What we do, it's what church is. That is the incarnation continued. And amazingly, it still happens in us and through us as the body of Christ, the church in the world. And what a beautiful mystery that is to, to lose ourselves in. What an amazing story it is to take part in. What a high calling it is for our lives. All because God put on flesh and walked among us, showing us the way. 
Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed this uh, nativity here. There's a little manger and it's empty because we decided to adopt that tradition of our friends in Mexico with the, the manger scenes that we have in our home. It's just one other way that helps us to experience uh, the waiting, the longing, the anticipation uh, of Advent, of the season, and processing our own expectations of Christmas and of Christ uh, coming among us anew and afresh this year. And I just want to tell you, we expect Him to come. And we have also learned to expect the unexpected in, in pretty much all the details of when and where and how. And may this be true of all of us. Uh, so let's close with a word of prayer, uh, kind of asking God to come among us anew as we think about incarnation. God, oh God, our Emmanuel, our very present help in times of trouble, the one who loves us more than we could ever imagine, help each of us to join in anticipating Christ's coming as we practice hospitality and reflect on the miracle of the incarnation this, this week and this Christmas season and beyond. And God bless us and guide us, drawing us closer to you and to one another. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.